The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 78 Coyote Girl 1882 February 15th The Golden Apple Ranch, Colorado Paris had borrowed an old Winchester from the gun shop. She didn't think it would be missed for a couple of days. She secured it to Pony as Euricity watched her, his arms crossed over his chest, trying to convey his disapproval without the curse words he would have used on anyone else. All set, Paris said as she turned to him. Tent, knife, flint, Euricity asked. Yep, double-checked, she replied. Extra food, he continued. I'm going hunting. The point is to eat what I kill. What if you don't get anything? Then I'll go hungry till I do. It's good motivation. Do you have some extra blankets and a change of clothes? Mom, I will be home tomorrow. I'm not going that far. I'll be fine. Let me come with you. You promised you would let me do this on my own. It's my birthday present, remember? You shouldn't go hunting alone. You went hunting alone all the time when you were younger than me. That's because there wasn't anyone to go with. I was alone. You don't have to be. You've been teaching me to hunt and to shoot so that I can take care of myself. Now I have to prove to you I can. And I can't do that if you keep following me around and doing everything for me. I can do this. You have to trust me. Animals don't hunt alone. They hunt in packs. You have twelve brothers. Take Simon with you. Simon can't shoot, and he can't stay quiet. Eddie would love to go with you. Eddie's busy. Luke, you promised I could do this on my own, and I promise I'll be fine. All right. You know I would have won this argument if I was having it with your father. Haven't you figured out yet? He lets you win. Come on, give me a hug. Euricity held out his arms. Paris wrapped her arms around him and squeezed. Thank you. I promise I'll be safe. Nothing is going to happen. You come back with a broken arm, and I am never going to let you live it down. I will be fine. Also, you smell like soap. Do something about that, or everything out there is going to smell you coming. Euricity said as he let her go. I have something for that. I will be okay. She turned, and with one swift move, mounted Pony. I'll be back tomorrow. You'd better. Don't worry so much. Paris snapped the reins, and the horse began to move. Happy birthday. Next time, we're all going with you. That sounds like fun. Next time. Love you, Mom. Paris rode half the day into the woods, beyond the homestead. She found a clearing she thought would make a good camp and dismounted from Pony. She knew she should set up her tent now, but she was too excited to get hunting. She grabbed the rifle and checked its ammunition. She unholstered her pistol and checked it as well. She probably wouldn't need it, but best to be safe. From her saddlebags, she removed a small bottle of perfume. It was made of blue etched glass. On it was the picture of a coyote crying at the moon. She bought it from the wife of a traveling merchant. They got lost on their way to Denver and took some time to set up shop near Henry's bar. The woman was beautiful. Paris remembered her. 
She was short, with blonde hair that tipped into orange. She had wildflowers woven like a crown in her hair, and she had a gown on of the lightest fabric. She wasn't wearing shoes. She had waved Paris over when she caught her staring. Paris had tried to pretend that she was interested in the wares, but the truth was she just couldn't stop watching the woman. What's your name? Persephone asked her. Anna? Paris said. Really? You don't look like an Anna. You look more like an Alex or maybe a Paris. No, it's Anna. Is this your cart? It's my husband's. So you're married. I'm sorry, I am. But can I show you something else you might find equally as interesting? Persephone smiled. Paris blushed, knowing she had been caught. <laughs> yes, by all means. How about an iron skillet? I have some of the finest in the world. Persephone pulled down a large pan. They are forged by the blacksmith in Denver, guaranteed to make anything you cook come out perfect. I don't think so. I'm not really a cook, Paris explained. You should try it sometime. Every girl should know how to cook. I'm a hunter. So the guns at your side are for hunting. No, <laughs> the revolvers are for protection. Why, two of them. I'm trying to learn how to fire them both at once with equal accuracy. That sounds like a noble pursuit. Every girl should learn how to shoot and hunt. I think I know what can help you. Persephone turned to the cart and pulled out a drawer. Inside, there were rows and rows of perfume bottles laid out on a velvet cushion. Each bottle had the etching of an animal or a flower. One of them had a skull, and Paris raised her eyebrow at it. No, that one is not for you. I think this one. Persephone removed the small blue bottle with the carving of a coyote on it and handed it to Paris. Paris opened it, and waving her hand above it, she smelled the liquid within. She quickly closed it and pulled back from the rank odor. Oh, that is not what I expected. What kind of perfume is this? It's not perfume. It's animal musk. For hunting. Yes, it's very concentrated, so you only need a little bit. Take two or three drops and rub them anywhere you have hair. Your head, your armpits, your legs... Between your legs? <laughs> Down there? Paris asked in surprise. Hair holds scent, and animals judge you by what you smell like. Smell tells them who you are, what species you are, even if you're sick and need help. Everything they need to know is folded into the smell of your hair. This will help you mask what you smell like and make them think you belong in the forest. Then at least your scent won't give you away while you're hunting. What's it made of? Magic. No, really, what's it made of? You don't want to know. But I promise you, it's been refined and distilled. What remains is its essence. So it's either this or spill a bunch of cow urine all over your clothes. And then they will think you're a cow, which may not work as well. Cows shouldn't be in the forest either. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to doubt you. And I want it. I really do. But I don't have any money right now. Is there any way you can hold it for me? You don't have a job. I do. I help around the gun shop, but the owner pays me in ammo, not cash. Then I will accept your payment in ammo, if that's the coin of the realm. I will take one bullet for it. Just one? What can you do with one bullet? One bullet? 
can win or lose a war. You should never underestimate the power of a single bullet. Okay, then. It's fair trade. Here. Paris pulled from her gun a single bullet. She handed it to Persephone, who turned back to the cart. She pulled out a small lacquered box. On it was the drawing of a wooden horse, set on wheels like a children's toy. Opening the box, she placed the bullet inside and then returned to the cart. Paris looked around her campsite, not wanting to be seen doing this, but of course no one was there. She unbuckled her gun belt, and then she unbuttoned her pants and shirt. She very carefully opened the perfume bottle and splashed a couple of drops on her fingers, and then, slipping her hand under her arms, she rubbed perfume around, and then her legs, and then in her hair. Afterwards, she smelled her fingers and cringed. I hope this works. She took her canteen and spilled water onto her hand, but the water didn't seem to affect whatever it was made of, and it still clung to her fingers. The perfume began to warm her, and she shook her head and laughed to herself. <laughs> well, it's doing something, but I wouldn't call it magic. Okay, Pony, stay here. I will be back. Paris patted Pony on the side. She didn't like tethering her. He left the horse defenseless. She trusted that Pony would be here when she got back. She always was. Today was unseasonably hot. The entire week leading up to today had been. So even though it was mid-February, the snow had melted and the grass was coming through, those animals that hibernate were up and looking for food. Paris believed this was the perfect time to go hunting. Hunting with Luke had been different. They would often flank an animal. Then she startled it so it ran towards him, or he to her. They worked as a team. But now, without her teammate, she was finding it hard to get within range of anything she found. She didn't think they were smelling her. Sure, the magic potion was working, but she struggled to be quiet enough. She came to the banks of what had been a small creek, but now it was beginning to be fed by the melting snow higher up in the mountain. It had swollen. The water looked deeper than she remembered. She knew the creek was a source of water for the animals, and she knew that if she waited, eventually something would come by. She found a comfortable spot near a tree and sat carefully, but at attention. She cocked the rifle and held it close, prepared to fire at a moment's notice. She waited, and waited, and waited. And then, just when she was about to give up, she heard the rustling in the leaves. A rabbit, timidly walking out from the underbrush on the opposite side of the creek, Paris raised her rifle slowly. Looking down the sights, she took aim and fired. The rabbit fell. She jumped up in triumph. Setting her rifle down, she went to the banks of the creek. When she realized she was on the wrong side, she would have to get across to get the rabbit. She bent down and touched the water. It was freezing. Having been fed by the snow, it was ice cold. She couldn't just walk across. She looked for maybe a bridge or perhaps a log, but there was nothing. There were, however, two larger rocks creating a small break where the water backed up a little and flowed between them. Jump it, said a soft, quiet voice in her ear. She turned around to see if she had been followed. There was no one there. Jump it, the voice said again, this time even softer. I can't jump it. It's too far, Paris said to no one. 
If you do the unexpected, you can achieve the impossible, the voice explained. All right. All right. I will jump in. Paris took a few steps back, held her breath, and then ran for it. She reached the rock and leaped into the air, falling entirely short of making it across. The water filled her boots, her clothes, her hair. Within seconds, she was swept away off her feet. She landed on her ass in the stream. Quickly, she stood, freezing, trying to shake off the water. She had never felt anything so cold. She heard the voice again in her mind, laughing. Walking to the other side of the creek, she picked up her rabbit and then just walked back through the water. There was no use fighting it now. Taking her rifle, she began to walk back to camp. Pony stood waiting for her just where she had left her. Paris, with her hair flat against her head and soaked from head to toe, looked at the horse and said, Don't you dare tell Luke. The sun was setting, so it wouldn't be out much longer, and she had to dry her clothes before she could go home, and the temperature was dropping. She didn't want to get sick, so the first thing she did was remove all of her clothes. She set them on a rock in the sun, hoping that would be sufficient to dry them out. Then she removed the flint from her saddlebags. Gathering wood, she made a fire, set up her tent, and began to clean her revolver, oiling it to protect it from the water. She checked on her clothes, and except for her bloomers, which were made of thin cotton, everything else was still wet, and probably wouldn't dry out till tomorrow. She put the bloomers back on, and the rest would have to wait. Tonight was going to be cold. She left the revolvers in her tent and secured her rifle once again to Pony. She pulled out one of the blankets and set it next to the fire. She thought she should get to cooking the rabbit, and took it from the tree she'd hung it from, setting it next to her to prepare she was going to roast it over the fire, but she was more cold than hungry, and she wanted to warm up first. The forest had moved from twilight to starlight, and Paris lay back staring at the sky, resting on her blanket. She heard a growl first, sitting up, she saw that walking into the clearing was the biggest coyote she'd ever seen. It was clean and beautiful, a reddish-gray with dark eyes, pointed ears, and chin. It walked forwards, as if it feared nothing. Paris turned to run, when she saw the rest of the pack surrounding her. She looked for her gun, but it was in her tent. Her rifle was on pony. Her knife was in her clothes. She was unarmed. The closest weapon she had was her revolver in the tent behind her, but she knew if she tried to jump for it, he would attack. Moving slowly, Paris turned for the tent, trying to maintain eye contact with the first and biggest coyote. But as she did, he came in closer. Only feet from her now, he growled at her until she stopped moving. They both sat still, staring into each other's eyes. Paris was afraid to blink. The coyote nipped at her leg, and fear finally took control of Paris. She punched the coyote in the jaw, and then turned to scramble for the tent and the gun within. He jumped on her back and pinned her to the ground. He was heavier than she expected, and she fell face down into the blanket, nowhere near reaching the tent. She tried to stand until she heard the growl and felt his teeth around her neck. She froze, and he let her go slowly. She sat up, hands at her side. The rabbit sat next to her, and her left hand fell on it. He growled, staring at the rabbit. Oh, 
This is what you want. Well, fuck off. You didn't help me shoot it, so it's mine. Paris growled at him. He let out a yip, and one of the other coyotes behind her hit her hard in the back with its head. She tried to stand, but another one nipped at her side when the first one jumped on her and pinned her. She felt the rabbit being torn out of her hand by one of the other coyotes. She stared up at the coyote now standing on her chest. Fine! Take it! You hairy slobbering thief! Just get off me! Paris yelled. He didn't move. Looking down at her, he simply bared his teeth and barked sharply. All she could think is, If I die here, Luke is going to kill me. Okay. I'm sorry, she said, keeping her voice low. No more yelling. No more biting. You win. Stay calm, she told herself. Let him win. She closed her eyes and turned her head down. Trying not to move, she stopped breathing. She felt him jump off, and she let out her breath slowly. Sitting up, she watched them rip the rabbit into pieces, each taking a piece for themselves. Slowly, she crawled over to her tent, taking the single-action army pistol from its holster. She turned and took aim, cocking the hammer. The coyote looked up at the sound of the hammer, setting into place. He walked towards her, his eyes focused on her. Once again, they both stood still. The coyote stood straight and tall. Paris had no problem killing during the hunt. She felt she wouldn't hesitate to defend herself or her family. This dog had bit her and stole her food. She should just pull the trigger. But she didn't. She carefully uncocked the hammer, setting the gun down. Listen. I'm cold, and I have no clothes to wear. I'm hungry now, and I have no food to eat. Why don't you just go, and leave me to starve and freeze in peace? Paris said, then stood, walked back to the fire, and sat down on her blanket. The coyote went back to the rabbit. He ripped a piece off and returned to Paris, and dropped it at her feet. Paris looked at it. It was part of a leg ripped and partially chewed. The coyote looked at her. She didn't move. He yipped quickly and looked down at the leg and back up at her. For me, Yip, he replied. I can't eat it raw. I need to cook it. She picked it up and set it on the rock that sat half in the fire. Rrrr, the coyote said softly. Okay, okay, raw. Paris said as she picked up the leg and took a small bite. She fought herself not to spit out the raw meat and swallowed it. The coyote began to wag its tail. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Now may I cook the rest? She asked. The coyote said nothing as she set it back on the rock. They sat together as she cooked the leg. Hi, my name is Anna. She joked. He looked confused. No, really, it's Anna. Though I have the darndest time getting anyone else to use it. What do they call you? Yep! The coyote responded. You don't have a name? Do you want one? <laughs> he snorted out his nose. All right. Let's keep it simple. How about puppy? <laughs> said puppy. You like it? I thought you would. Paris pulled the now cooked rabbit leg off the rock and began eating it. It's better like this, she told puppy. He sniffed at it. She let him lick it. <laughs> he snorted out his nose and shook his head. Well, good, because this one's mine. 
she said as she finished off the rest. They continued to sit looking at the fire together until Paris laid back on the blanket so she could stare up at the stars. You can stay if you'd like, but I'm getting up early, so it's best if I turn in soon. He got up, walked around her, licked her face, and sat down at her head. She would shoo him off, but she didn't want to break the truce they had formed, and he was warm. So she just closed her eyes and tried not to move. It wasn't long before she felt another coyote lay beside her, and a third at her feet. The night became warm because of them, and before she knew it she was asleep. As Paris slept, she dreamt. She ran through the forest. No, not she. He. She was the coyote. She was puppy. And the trees flew past him as he ran on all fours. He could smell everything. He knew where it all was, not by sight, but by smell. Beyond where he was, he knew where his family was. His pack was running with him. He knew there were birds in the trees, and he knew where they had been. He knew there were rabbits under the ground. He could smell the grass and the water. He didn't need to see. He didn't trust his eyes. His nose gave him more, and it was more trustworthy. His nose told him everything. His nose told him something was wrong in his forest. There was another coyote hunting in the forest. He could smell it. It was alone with no pack. He could smell her in the air, thick and fragrant. She challenged him. This was his forest, and she had no right to take from it. It was his duty to defend it. He came to the clearing. He smelled the coyote, but saw a human. In her dream, Paris saw herself lying on her blanket. But it wasn't her now. She was puppy. He stopped. He closed his eyes. He didn't trust them. And he breathed in again, smelling the coyote. He smelled where she had been, through the pasture, in the river and back. There was blood from a rabbit. There was gunpowder. Gunpowder? That was not the weapon of a coyote. Again, he breathed in deep, stronger than anything else, stronger than his concerns, stronger than the strange vision of this human girl. Was her. She was the lone coyote. Packless and hunting in his forest. It was his duty to kill her, or make her part of his pack. He stepped out into the clearing, barely able to control himself as he growled. The coyote girl looked frightened. He challenged her, staring into her eyes, baring his teeth. He told her to submit or die. She stared back, challenging him. She defied him now. He had to act. He nipped at her leg. The coyote girl punched him, and then turned to run, he jumped up onto her, holding her down, his teeth at her neck, not letting her escape. Why was she fighting him? She was asking for death. He let go of the girl. Still, he did not see a coyote. He smelled a coyote. Again, he closed his eyes, smelling her. No, it was a coyote. She sat up, her hand falling on the kill she was trying to steal from his forest. He growled at her. She barked at him. He didn't need to understand her words. He understood her posture, staring at him, baring her teeth, grabbing the rabbit. She said, this is mine, and I challenge your right to take it. And maybe she had the strength to back up her challenge. She was bigger than him, but she was alone, and he was not. Yep, he called to his pack, and they attacked from all sides, taking the rabbit from her as he pushed her down, standing 
this time on her chest, staring at her. Now, who's bigger? he asked with his posture. She again barked at him. Even now, she defied him. He would have to kill her if she did not submit, but he didn't want to kill another coyote. <sighs> he gave her one last chance. He stood above her, teeth bare, daring her to defy him one more time. She began to whine. Closing her eyes, she turned her head down. Finally, she submitted. She was his now, a new member of his pack. He left her to eat. The rabbit was his. He would share it, but he would eat first. He tore at it when he heard the click of the gun's hammer. He turned to see she held the gun, but he didn't trust his eyes. He only trusted what he could smell. He smelled gunpowder, on her, on the rabbit. There were two guns with her in the tent. There was one on the horse. Her horse! It didn't seem possible, but this coyote girl had a horse! She killed the rabbit with these guns, not her fangs. These guns were her fangs. They were her claws. And now she once again challenged him. But it was too late. She was his. He stood before her. There was no longer a need to bare his teeth. He didn't bark or growl. She was his. And he told her with his silence to put down the gun and come eat. She uncocked the hammer and set the gun aside. She began to whine again as she sat alone by the fire. He could tell she was hungry. He could see she was cold. Didn't anyone teach her how to take care of herself? Well, she had no pack until now. Maybe not. She was going to take a lot of training. He grabbed a piece of rabbit for her before she starved. Paris awoke before sunrise as the sky became light. She became aware of the coyotes surrounding her. They were laying down, sleeping around her, next to her. The fire had gone out, and the nearest to her was Puppy. She studied him sleeping. She understood him now. She understood she had been foolish. Luke was right. She needed a pack. She needed her family. Paris saw Puppy had awoken, his eyes staring back at her. She began to sit up. He growled softly. She put her head back down on the blanket. He stood and walked over to her, licked her face, and she smiled. Morning, Puppy, she said to him. What am I going to do with you? He turned from her and gave a small yip. The rest of the coyotes woke quickly. She sat up, and he let her. He ran into the forest. The rest of the coyotes followed him. Paris would never know what it was like to hunt alone. She never had to. She had a pack. No. She thought. I have too. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse. Written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.